Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in the Easter season, and this is our episode we are preparing for Mother's Day, right, for a celebration for the maternal heart of all women. So all women, you are uh, especially in our hearts today as we pray about this and talk about this, and we are talking about it from three different time zones and with massive technical difficulties. So we know this is going to be a good show. Mm -hmm. Can we just say that right Mm -hmm. now? Michelle has just about lost her mind, but thankfully she's still with us. Poor thing, like for 45 minutes, she can't get her headphones to work so and I can't get her mic to work. And so we're just staring at her like, because there's something we can do. So we're just staring at her going, dude, try this, try this. She's probably ready to punch us in the face about yeah. this time. <clears throat> she couldn't hear us at all. But secretly, she was probably thinking, this is, I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if y'all could just see the way she's like balancing one earbud into her ear and holding the, or like the mic on the wire at the other time, like it's great. She looks kind of like a diva mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys are finding so much amusement by my, um... <laughs> We love uh-huh. you. We love we you, love Michelle. You. Michelle, do you want to just, okay, girl, we love you. So do you want to, how are you? Aside from this massive epic failure you're having right now, what, how is, how's it going? It's good. Everything has full guns. Um, yeah, with school and kids and life, but other than my technical difficulties, I am just fine. <laughs> how are you, sister? I'm good. I'm actually in Tallahassee. I'm your neighbor. We're in the oh. same diocese right now. We are. And I, Won't yeah, you be my neighbor? I know. I'm practically your neighbor. Well, I am your neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor? And uh, I want to say it's spring in Tallahassee right now. So the the jasmine bushes and all the honeysuckle are in full bloom. So I had to go for a walk several times. It's just lovely outside. I love this time of year because we don't get that in South Texas where I live. So I really feel like jasmine bushes are like the smell of heaven. Like they're the mm-hmm. most fragrant, beautiful smell. I just love them. They're great. You know what else is the smell of heaven? The 15 bags of coffee that I just ground <laughs> and is sitting in my garage right now. I went out there. I was like, mm, smells like dreams. <laughs> I wonder if you blended the smell does, of jasmine actually. and coffee. What would now that would work? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I had a very magical moment the other day. I was walking one of my kids into the school and we have these massive cherry blossom trees and the wind picked up and was like blowing little cherry blossom petals everywhere and I was like oh my gosh I'm like out of a scene in a scene of a movie mm-hmm. it's gorgeous mm-hmm. I love this time of year mm-hmm. it's my favorite it is yeah and especially in May we t- we celebrate Mother's Day Our Lady we celebrate every mother we celebrate women you know in their, in their hearts so we thought we'd just talk about that today about the journey of motherhood both spiritual and maternal because every woman is called to be a mother so like are we talk about our primary identities of of daughter of sister of wife and mother like that's the progression of of the receptivity of the human soul and then the pouring out of love into the world. So we're all called to, to progress in these areas and to grow in these areas. So whether you have biological children or not as a woman, you're called to be a mother. And that we see that just embedded deeply within us. So um, Michelle, I think this was kind of on your heart as well, especially for the month of May to talk about motherhood. Um, and you're a mama, you're a biological mother, you're a spiritual mother, you're an adoptive mother. So, I mean, what do you, we want to talk about just kind of leading our discussion about motherhood and about your heart and just how um, that has expressed itself in your call in that regard? 
Yeah, I wanted to exp- expand the call of motherhood because the majority of the time we just think it's biological motherhood. Mm-hmm. And women in our very nature, you know, Eve means life giver. And we are daughters of Eve. So, like, each and every um, one of us as women is called to be a life giver. It's mm-hmm. called to give birth, whether it's spiritual, biological, um we are to give life. And I think we just have to expand that conversation. You know, for some, Mother's Day is this beautiful hallmark celebrated holiday. But for a lot of women, this also is a hard holiday. Yeah. It brings a lot of grief. If you are um, struggling with infertility or just where you are with children, or if it's a longing, you know, to be married and have children, but like to realize that motherhood. Um, plays itself out in different fashions, in different facets. And for even my own children, um, I it has taken a village to raise them. It has taken other women to speak into their lives and help raise them and nurture them and bring forth life in their life. And it's not just for me. Yes, they are my, one of my primary vocations, but it takes a, um, a group of collective women to raise children, especially in our own families, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our societies, our schools. So yeah, just what does it really mean to be a life giver? Mm -hmm. Michelle, one thing I was thinking about was your experience of adopting uh, your two children from Haiti and just basically the process of your heart that you went through in meeting them for the first time, hearing about them and then meeting them and then how you felt like this bond and connection happened with them. Like, could you share a little bit about that? Cause I think it's really important and kind of explains the heart of a mother, like just in general for a lot of different categories. Yeah. For us, when the earthquake happens um, in Haiti, gosh, it's seven, eight years ago, like the time, like the years have just gone by so quickly. Like when we, um, friends of ours were missionaries down there and they came upon these two kids and, um, just that we had just have our fourth biological kid and they said, Hey, we have these two kids. That'd be a great idea. Maybe, um, if someone in the States could adopt them because their family was lost in the earthquake. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea for somebody else. You know? <sighs> and then my husband and I take time to just to really pray about it. And it, it was even our community. We were living up at the Life Teen Cove Crest camp at that time. And we brought it to the community and said, let's pray about this together. Let's discern this together. And God just really placed these two children on our heart and knew that they were supposed to belong with us and we with them. And so a couple of days later after the earthquake, my husband got on a plane and went and met them. And it was just such a profound moment for both of us. Like it just expanded our idea of family. It was family was so much bigger than we thought it was. It was beyond, um, bloodlines. It was beyond countries. It was beyond uh, race or anything like that, that we all belong to one another and that those kids were ours. And, um, and I feel like we kind of linked arms with their biological parents, you know, to really bring them forth into our family. They had passed away, but just to bring them into our family. And it's been a beautiful, hard journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling me like after you went to Haiti that first time and met them, just like your heart was just wrecked. I remember almost like when you had to leave and it was something that you didn't anticipate, like mm-hmm. how quickly the bond happened between you and, mm-hmm. and your children, you know, they were 
meant to be yours like one day. But, but sometimes we wonder like, how will our hearts respond to such a situation when someone comes into our life? And, and I love that because I think God brings people into our life that we can provide, um, those gifts of motherhood to in a variety of forms, whether it be somebody that we're mentoring or even someone our own age that we can just provide like certain aspects of motherhood, um, in a spiritual way to one another. I know for us, we have three biological children and I, I felt like, you know, we just weren't in a position at that time to have more biological children. And I felt like God was saying, I want to expand your idea of what this means. And there happened to be just after that, um, several people who asked us to be godparents to their children. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that I take very seriously. And I, I love God children and other people that are now becoming a part of our family in a very unique way and what we can provide for each other. Because I agree with you, that quote from Mother Teresa, like that we've forgotten that we belong to one another is, is really mm-hmm. so important these days that we have to recover that sense of we do belong to each other. And what does that mean? Because it does have to blow right over familial bonds and, and bloodlines um, to really be there for each other. Well, how about you, sister? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Well, and to belong and to be included, to be chosen, to be to be loved, that's the basic fundamental need of the human heart. And so all of us need that. And that's why God we, God gives us a family, right? And I mean, ideally that's, you know, we come from God, we come from a family and that's why we ache for that kind of community and belonging. And and I think that there's um, just in my own journey, uh, just been, there's a lot of beautiful things, a lot of complicated things having to do with femininity and motherhood. And just, I, we all hear a lot of stories at all the talks we give across the nation. So we hear a lot of women's hearts in their stories of, of everything from women longing for children who have been, um, struggling with infertility for a long time or women who don't even want to have children who either don't feel called or just absolutely in their own heart have don't want to have anything to do with children. And so many times I've heard women say, you know, my own childhood was so broken. I would never want to bring a child into the world. And so it is like honoring people's hearts and, and what God is saying and, and in the capacity to receive another person and just to, to bring another person to life, to give life to that person. And, um, I'm adopted myself as I'm, I'm sure our listeners know, I talk about that every now and then, but, uh, my biological parents were high school students and I was given up for adoption um, at birth and then put up, put in a foster home for three months. And adoption is something that's very beautiful. I mean, it's biblical. We talk about God adopting us and when we talk about adoption, we're not talking about kind of being grafted onto something and never being real. Uh, it's very interesting being adopted, just the funny things people say over the years of, of, mm. of, oh, you're not their real children, you know, or you're not, it's just, people are funny, just kind of how they process it. And, oh, you're somebody else's kid. You're not really there. And so, but you know, the reality of adoption is the fact that you actually are inherit, you become an heir, you inherit everything that, uh, actually in Greco-Roman culture, people would vie to be adopted. They would vie to be adopted by upper classes mm-hmm. so that they would actually receive the entire inheritance of the upper class. And so, God adopts us. So you see that. And on this side of heaven, adoption is born out of beauty and sorrow. And so there's all those parts you have to honor um, of the sorrow of the situation where a mother or father would feel like they would have to give their child up for adoption. And then the grief of the parents who, for whatever reason, either couldn't have their own children or are are responding to a need. And then the child who is often struggles with areas of of abandonment and rejection. And there's all these beautiful nuances coming to, to, to bear in that. But the reality that life is always beautiful that it is always beautiful. And just the journey of my own soul of, of, you know, feeling so like I lack so much as a woman or so so much as a mother, just my own, you know, brokenness, my own soul and really uh, reading the lives of the saints and really allowing Jesus to come and speak to my heart as a woman. And 
Like, what has he crafted me for? What has he made me for? But to be a refuge, to be a life giver. And so, yeah, it's just been a really huge transformation in my own journey and my own soul. And especially as a religious sister, you're a spiritual mother and you, and you do sacrifice the reality of a biological children, which was one of the greatest joys ever. Right. And so just being very honest about all those parts of your heart and receiving the gift that God gives in the heart of every woman, because it's astoundingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like our lady has taught you about motherhood sister? Well, I really, I had a point and I, I think I've talked about this in one of our episodes in past seasons where uh, I just really struggled with her for a long time. <laughs> and then you become a religious sister, but like, oh, you're supposed to be like our lady. You're like, well, the, good luck with that. You know, because, you know, we have idea of a perfectionism as if some sort of kind of either one dimensional life or like a, a judgment against somebody else. But to really be perfect, to be whole means to be completely open. And, um, and just struggled in the relationship with my own mom and my own earthly mom. And then um, just, like I said, in relationship with like being given up for adoption with a biological mother, I just really had struggles with that. And there was one day many years ago, I was actually in Seattle at our mission in Seattle. And I just got on my knees in front of um, our lady one day as the mother of Jesus. And I said, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need to know you. Mm. Like, I really need to know you. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't read any more books about you. And I can't listen to what people say. I need to know you as a person. Like, so please reveal yourself to me as a woman. Please reveal yourself to me. What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother? Because I, I need to know, and I need to know you. And that one prayer, which I've made many times over the years, has really led to a huge understanding of her as a real person. She's a real person. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so beautiful. And she knows what it's like to watch her children suffer. And she knows what it's like to go without. And she knows what it's like to love. And she knows what it's like to receive and to let go and to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, to be full of the Holy Spirit, to lead a movement, to give birth to a movement, literally. And so she's taught me. Um, I love her. She is so beautiful. Oh, she is so beautiful. And I, I, I consecrate myself to her beautiful mm. heart every single day. You know, so I'm continually learning so much and healing still so much. And thank God, I hope it never ends, you know. That's, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think there's a, uh, a moment in each of our lives where we have to have the experience where, you know, we're at the foot of the cross and Jesus is giving his mother to us and, and us to his mother, you know, but it has to be personal, a personal mm -hmm. encounter because she is a real person. Like you said, it's not just supposed to be, mm -hmm. we fall in love with the idea of who Mary is or because she's a part of the church and we have to, because we're Catholics like that. That's not the whole idea. Mm -hmm. It's that God oh, has yeah. given us a gift mm -hmm. in our lady for a reason, mm -hmm. because there's certain things that, that he desires us to receive from her, you know, and, and that's a great gift that we all need to, I think, just take time to, to sit with that and go, wow, how have I encountered our lady in my life? Or, you know, just like we do various saints and other people. That's great. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, and I think going back to what Sister was saying about adoption, adoption comes out of loss. You know, it comes out of a separation. It comes out of trauma on this side of heaven. So there's a hard to it. I mean, a really hard, it breaks your heart open. On the flip side, it really um, makes Chris and I almost laugh when people say, oh my gosh, like, and they treat you kind of like Mother Teresa. You go to this poor country and you take these two kids and you want to be like... No, not even close. If you spend 10 minutes with me, you know, the mama T reference would be totally blown out of the water. But we were often say people were like, those kids needed you. And the opposite is true. We needed them. Amen. You know, we needed them to come into our lives to show you what it meant. Like I look at them and I look at their healing and it's a joint restoration. 
It is not them being restored or them healing. It's us being restored and us being healed. It is things, and I watch situations, how they'll react in certain ways. And then um, they will, uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, don't I treat the God, the Father the same way? Don't I, like, he's trying to love me and I totally give him the Heisman. You know, am I this? And they have come leaps and bounds, but they teach me more than I could teach them. Like they are the bravest, most resilient children. And I just keep on going back to them. Like they are chosen. I mean, they are chosen and they are chosen to be in our family. They are chosen to be in the family of God, but God has set them apart for something beautiful. And all of us are being restored in the process. You know, all of us, every single one. And just the whole idea of Mary just coming in. Like, I think we make the same ideals of marriage sometimes as we do motherhood, but I, I should, and I ought, and it looks this way about that. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, it's messy. And sometimes like for some of my motherhood, it's come really natural for other things in motherhood. It's not come natural at all. And then I beat myself up. Like, shouldn't I know how to do this? Shouldn't this become natural? And it doesn't, you know, and I have to learn and I have to grow and I have to trust in the Holy spirit to teach me. Like, okay. And I constantly have to remind me that he gave me these children and those children were given to me and I'm their mother. Like that is the the Lord put us together. So he has in me everything I need to be equipped to mother these kids, you know, and, but I forget that. Like, I totally forget that because it is so easy to look at our thoughts when we're parenting or mothering and just to see. And like I said before, we've always had like community around us or young adults around us. And people will comment about my children. Oh, your kids are so great. This or that. And I want to be like, Oh gosh, it takes a village. It's not me. It's everybody else around me. You know, like it was great. Like one of our good friends, Christina McShane lived with us when my kids were little. And I can't remember when Sam walked or do, but Christina can remember like, because I had so many under six years old at four under six years old, you know, and, but they, it's like family, you know, we need each other. We learn from each other. We learn from other mothers. And, um, and that, that is what becomes life giving, mm-hmm. you know, when it is communal. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that, that the body works, it reveals a lot to us as well. Like as a mother has a child growing in her womb and her body expands, you know, to hold mm. this child there. So our hearts do as well, whether it be yeah. in physical motherhood or in spiritual motherhood, that our hearts are meant to expand, to hold the space, to nurture, mm-hmm. to love, to care for another human being. And the more that we allow that to grow, the more it expands. It's kind of a funny thing. And yeah. if we look at things through human eyes, we can start to go, I'm going to run out, you know, and there's, there's some panic, you know, for mothers, especially of little people that are like, I'm going to run, I don't have enough. Like, I don't have enough to give. I'm going to run out. I need to recharge. I need to whatever. Um, And there's some of that that's very true. Yes, we do need to recharge and self-care. It's all those good things. Mm -hmm. But in the kingdom and how God works is that it's in our emptiness that he can fill us with everything that we need. Like you were saying, Michelle, like there is an end to our human capacities of how to do things. But when we allow God to come into these gifts, which he has made, like he can expand things to a degree that we never thought possible. Like, I think I've talked about this before as well, but when I was pregnant with Maria, that was our first child. 
I have a great mom and she's such a great example to me. And I thought, I, I don't think I can be what she has been to me. I don't think I can be that to this child. And I was really afraid that I wouldn't be able to give Maria everything that she deserved from a mother. Because to be honest with you, I didn't love other people's kids. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm, they were going to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, they're good and everything. But I kind of like it when they go home. This was before I had my own children. <laughs> Just because I had no experience. like, I And know, what right? I was bumping yeah. into was, I don't know how to do this. And I don't have a, a lot of capacity. And I'm pretty selfish at this point, you know. Um, so it wasn't until I had Maria. And within the first, like, day of meeting this little person, like, she wrecked me. She totally wrecked mm. me. And I was undone, like, in a way that I couldn't have anticipated before. I loved her so much from the moment I laid my eyes on her. Um and I, and I couldn't figure it out. It made no logical sense of what was happening there. And as I've grown as a mother to my own three children, my heart has expanded to all. I love children now. Like I have mm-hmm. such a heart for children, like in other people's families, my godchildren and all of our family friends. Like I just love little kids. And that really has been a gift from God. That's not something within my own capacity to do. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something there about us challenging our selfishness, our littleness, our limitations to open wide our heart to what God wants to birth there, mm-hmm. whether it be in spiritual relationships or literally with, with your own biological children or adopted mm-hmm. children, that uh, God can do amazing things. And, and I think when we bump into our selfishness or I want to retreat, I want more for myself, when we offer that as a gift, our hearts expand even more. And we, and we actually are filled in the end. And I just can't say enough about other ways that women mother and nurture people. I was talking to a group of college kids the other day, and they were talking about different things where that when greatness had been called out in them and greatness had been called out by their coaches, one of their women coaches, Mm -hmm. by their teachers, Mm -hmm. by their youth ministers. Actually, it was no parents. It was not not one parent mm-hmm. at all. It was these other adults that spoke goodness over them, that called out greatness in them, that really just spurred them on to something and a calling. You know, I say one of the most important things are teachers and coaches and youth ministers. Those are powerful forces in a child's life, in our all of our lives. Amen. You know, and they mm-hmm. are really what um, also can just help mm-hmm. bring forth life in a person and really call greatness and um, chosenness out in a person, you know, and don't take your role lightly at all. Like you have great, great influence in people's Mm -hmm. lives. Well, I think it's really true. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, what John Paul II talks about the feminine genius, he's talking about the attentiveness to the person and that's women are where, where he calls us experts in relationships, you know, where we can see the person, like you're saying, Michelle, and bless them as a woman, especially to receive them into our hearts and bless them. And I think really when we were talking, Heather, I was thinking of how, you know, to love, to love really authentically means to be pierced. (laughs) It means to have our hearts pierced wide open. And that's really hard. It's hard to love. It's a risk to love, even your own children, because I'm sure both of you have stories of of just being hurt. Or I mean, but all of us have stories of like where you put your heart out there and you're hurt and you have to decide, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to continue to, you know, appropriately open my heart and be vulnerable and to show up to life and to be open and receptive and, you know, even in the places of ache, even in the places of pain, even the places where I've been wounded in the past. So I can give the gift of myself. And when you and when that happens, when we continue to be very honest in those areas. And allow God to transform us and allow God to heal us. You know, there's there's such a beauty that comes out of that. It is so profoundly beautiful. And I think any of us in our life, all the, the people we have in our life that we love, we couldn't imagine our lives without them. 
you know, I had a friend who they called, you know, they had a child who they called a surprise, you know, and, and they said, you know, now many years later, like we couldn't, we couldn't imagine our life without her. Like we just couldn't imagine our family without her. She's been mm-hmm. the best thing that's happened to us, you know? And so, so often like people come into our life like that mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a fear and there's to be honest about that, you know, but to really engage the person and to be willing to allow our hearts to be open, to love, to give the gift of self, the, uh, the outpouring of that mm-hmm. is incredible. It's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. How is like the relationship sister where, where you're able to offer your spiritual motherhood really changed you, you know, because obviously you said that's something that you've grown into, that it didn't come Mm -hmm. easy at the beginning. But I I know from my own experience Mm -hmm. with you and my children's experience and other people that I see encountering you, that they're able to receive a tremendous gift from you because God Mm -hmm. has, has done something wonderful, you know, in your own heart and, and allowed Mm -hmm the gift of who you are, like to be revealed to those you encounter. So yeah, how has that just changed you? I think it's the, the, really the truth, because I did struggle for, you know, quite some time of when you do willingly, or even for women that unwillingly do give up the, um, the beauty of having your biological children, somehow you feel like you're less than, and I can't remember how many times I've been at women's gatherings and I'm like the only one there or the only doesn't have kids there. And everybody talks about childbirth and things like that. And you're like, okay, well that's great. Like I can't, so then your party, I mean, just being really honest, like your party was mm-hmm. like, Okay, well, I love people differently, but I think really honestly studying theology of the body and really understanding who I am as a woman, that in my heart and my soul, and my soul, I'm, a, I'm feminine first, I'm a maternal first, which means you receive the gift of another first, you receive the seed, right? Mm-hmm. And then it brings forth life. And when that reality became very evident in me and the healing of the areas where I was either rejecting in a sense like motherhood or rejecting, like thinking I don't have what it takes or I'll never be able to do this. That was the combination of both of allowing wounds to be healed and also very really not, not a second class prize of like, Oh, I'm a spiritual mother, not a biological, but the real reality of it that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I think the ability to, by the grace of God, and I hope it continues just to allow people to come into my heart to receive them. And I really honestly do see my I, spiritual mother. I do honestly re- see people as my children. Like even when I go to conferences, like just my heart is wide open for them. And can they find a place of refuge in my heart? And can I bless them? And yeah, you can't personally walk one-on-one with everybody, but um, that's a true thing. And then there are days, you know, like when I want to turn 40, just another grieving of like, okay, I'm 40. I'm really not going to have my own children. Like, even though you, you grieve that and you know that, and you, I mean, I'm very serious, obviously my vow of chastity and celibacy, but just being very honest about that, of what your body is saying and saying, okay, Lord, taking that to the Lord and saying, this is really an ache for me and I love you. So teach me how you're calling me to give the gift of myself Mm. because God is not, you know, whatever he allows to happen, he's allowing to happen. So teach me how to give myself at a deeper level. And that's a mm. continued transformation. So it is really true. It, it, it's the beautiful, so beautiful thing of just being a woman is such a beautiful thing. That's so yeah. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think it just helps people like, as we're all talking about our different experiences, I think the one thing that's on my heart is, is to say like, you're not alone, like in your experiences mm-hmm. of hardship or loss or ache or, you know, like we all have those places, no matter what our vocation is, we all have them. Um, these places where we're longing to be fulfilled and longing to love more and to give more. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what you said last is just perfect. It's like, what do we do with those aches and longings? Like, are we going to bring them to the one who can satisfy, um, or not, you know, it's really beautiful. Yeah. So maybe this week, you know, as we journey, I mean, we're airing a episode before Mother's Day, but just to 
I don't know. What is God saying to you? Even as you listen, my dear sisters, as you listen, and, and gentlemen, we know a lot of you listen. I had somebody else come up to me at a conference, a, a guy that says, look, I'm a closet male listener. So we <laughs> just want to always say you are most welcome, you know, for the women in your life, you know, and, and, but ladies, especially like where, where do you experience the joy of femininity and the joy of maternity? And, and where do you struggle with it? And I think being honest in all those areas is really important. And just what is God saying? And the beauty, you're beautifully made. Women are beautiful. Their bodies are beautiful and their hearts are beautiful. And just mm. how the Lord made you a woman on purpose to reveal his beauty, to reveal his tenderness, his nurturing, his refuge, his kindness, his ferocity for your love, like for love. And where is Jesus speaking to you this week? And you know, mm. what, what would you like him to heal, especially in the area of your femininity and maternity? It's a great meditation as we kind of journey of Mother's Day and mm. giving thanks for our own mothers, even in their brokenness, like giving thanks for our own mothers and and asking God to bless every woman on the face of the earth. Anything else y'all want to add before we... It was like a deep conversation. We're like, oh, we're out of time now. So <laughs> like part two, maybe another time. Yeah. No, that was good. Amen. So um, speaking of greatness, what's our one thing, ladies? Heather, do you have a one thing for us? We're about to gear it for your conference girl. We're about to all be on the same time zone on the same couch in a couple of days. Like by the time this airs, it'll be passed, but we're looking forward to it. I know. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm on the edge of my seat now. At long last, you will finally mm -hmm. be in my living room drinking coffee with me and also Yay. Father Josh Johnson, which will Yay. be super fun to share that with him. Um, so I've been on a song kick for a while. As you guys know, it's like every week for several weeks I've had some songs, but I'm sorry, I got to do it again. Uh, Hillsong United just came out with a new album this oh, last I saw week that on Spotify, dude. Called yeah. People. And there's two songs in particular that have stood out to me. I just kind of gave it, you know, a listen in the background while I was cooking dinner and stuff. But there was two songs that I was like, whoa, okay, I need to listen to that again. One of them is called Clean, and one of them is called Highlands, Song of Ascent. And mm -hmm. I will post both of those in the show notes. They're very, very good, very moving songs. So, And I'm about to take our whole family to go see them at the end of May. So super nice, excited, girl. super excited about that. Mm -hmm. Michelle, totally what's fun. your one thing? Two things, three things. <laughs> my one thing is actually we just got back from a weekend getaway, my husband and I. And weekend getaways with your spouse is my one thing. <laughs> and two um, other couples met us, which is like really miraculous that all three couples with the amount of children that we had all got away. And we just laughed and prayed and played, and it was just so good for the soul. And it's one of those things that you just have to make, put a stake in the ground to make it happen. But it happened, and it was so good and so fun. And my husband's so cute. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> he rediscovered his cuteness. That's awesome. Oh, he is so cute. Mm -hmm. Y'all are great. Well, I keep wanting, this is not my one thing, but this is a total aside. I keep wanting to send you, have you seen Taylor Swift's new video, that song, Me? Yes. Mm -mm. It's like, uh, isn't it funny? Like, it's not my one thing, but I just wanted to say that. Like, I keep wanting, it's an odd video. Didn't you think that video was odd? I was like, what are they doing in the onesies? I don't get it. <laughs> I haven't seen the video, but our daughter played it the other day, yeah. yesterday, I think. And I was like, is this a children's song? What's going on here? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big take it apart. T Swift fan, ahead, but I was like, huh, wonder what the creative direction was with this one. Yeah. It was interesting because you just never know with her videos. I'm like, what's she going to say? But like that video had more. It was like, what, 164 million downloads in 24 hours. It broke the record for a solo artist ever and a woman artist ever in the 24 hours. 
I mean, it's just crazy That's to think crazy. of. But like, I was just, I was gonna, I was gonna joke and send you guys that because I mean, we all like pop music. But actually, my one thing is not Taylor Swift song. Me, um, it is the state of Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Y'all are awesome. I was out there last weekend. I'm um, helping lead a retreat, and I went for a walk in the woods, and it is oh, it is gorgeous out there. So I took some just really beautiful pictures of the spring and the mm-hmm. river and the wildlife, and just oh, it was gorgeous. So I do have to say, y'all up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You're living some fine lives out there. Okay, can I just say that? <laughs> that was Southern, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, my dear sisters, daughters, sisters, wives, mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, aunts, uncles, or not uncles, sorry, uh, just coaches, wherever you find yourself as a woman, we just want to bless you. And we thank God for you. And we thank God for your maternity, for your femininity, and that we want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week you can also find the show notes on the ascension press website as well as each episode on the itunes podcast app you'll find everything there you can join our private facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on we love to hear from you send us an email give us a shout out we are happy to be on the journey with you and until next week we will be abiding together Thank you so much.